Morning, everybody. This is Pete of Matters, Car Radio 97.3 FM in the great state of Seattle. We got a good show again today for you guys. We're talking with Seatown Services. We have two new fellas on for us. These guys uh, do just about everything under the sun related to uh, electrical, plumbing, HVAC. We had a show before. If you want to check it out, it's at... Uh, um, mynorthwest.com forward slash home matters. They have their podcast up there. You can hear the old, uh, show, but I got two new individuals today. We're going to talk about uh, this thing called trenchless rehab. So if you guys are having uh, any kind of underground pipe issues, whether it's sewer, water, things like that, these guys take care of that without digging up your driveway or your yard, which is always a good thing. <laughs> so with that, I want to introduce, uh, we're going to have first is George Lopez. He uh, He's on the show with us, brand new. How you doing, George? Good. How are we doing? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for asking. And then we have Isaac Pierce. Isaac, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks. Awesome. So you guys are the experts here in trenchless rehab. We're going to talk, uh, talk about that. But before we do, uh, we'll start, George, because you guys are brand new on the show. Um, maybe you can kind of talk about how you got into the world of trenchless rehab, um, what your background is, and then why you joined Seatown. Uh, uh, so I started in this industry in 2006, um, just doing rough end plumbing. I wasn't even a part of out underground work at all. Um, okay. And then over the years, I kind of just transi- transitioned into that side because I enjoyed doing it. And so I started leaning more towards just repairs, just simple repairs. And then I became a lead in uh, sewer rehabilitation and replacement for sewer and water. That's very cool. Now, what is it that, uh, what is it you like about it that drew you, that drew you to it? Just, just uh, shooting a liner and rehabilitating a, an existing system that's a hundred years old and, you know, taking care of the customer. And that's just, that's what, you know, drives me to keep going, coming up to work every day. Yeah, that's very cool. Well, hey, you know, hanging around with sewers is not a bad life. <laughs> yeah. It's fun. You know, we got a good group of guys, so it, it's always yeah. a good time working. That's cool. Yeah, it's always about the it's always about your team that you work with. That's for sure. That is for sure. And then, uh, Isaac, what about you? Why, what's your background and how did you uh, get into this and why did you join C-Town? Yeah, so uh, I'm fairly new to C-Town. Started last year. Uh, George actually brought me on. Um, okay. And he brought me into the underground community. Uh, it's been fantastic. I wanted to work in a place where I could use my hands and get down and um, do what I could to help people, especially people who are having issues, especially with sewer lines. Yeah. Um, anything I can do to uh, make their day a little bit better is, is why I really enjoy it. That's very cool. Well, I'm I'm sure that, you know, when uh, people bring you out, they're probably freaking out because yeah, uh, yes, you got a sewer line yeah. issue. Not only is it all backed up, but it smells the high heaven. So it's flooded yes. the house. And yeah, yeah, but something's got to get fixed like right now. <laughs> so that's cool. Isaac, so what were you doing before you joined C-Town then? Uh, I did a lot of different things. I actually was uh, a barista for a long time. Oh, wow. Uh, preschool okay. teacher, uh, bouncer. I jumped around. And George, George, how in the heck did you talk him to come over to work with you? Uh, well, we're kind of family, so okay. Um, yeah, that's I just that's hey, how it worked. Okay, you got you're, it. You're switching jobs. Come, come, learn a trade, and yeah. don't look back. Well, that's very cool. And I like uh, I like that you guys you call yourself the underground crew. That's very cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. All right, um, so let's uh, thank you guys for the background. I appreciate that. Let's talk a little bit about um, kind of first of all, 
because, you know, people know, okay, if I've got a sewer issue, we're going to get into kind of what are some of the telltale signs besides that smells really bad and things are backed up. But um, what, what is, uh, talk first about trenchless rehab. Uh, George, can you define that, like what that is, what that means? Well, there's two styles. There's uh, cure in place lining and then there's pipe bursting. So depends on the method. Uh, pipe bursting, we would need two access points. So there would be two holes wherever they're in the yard or the driveway or the street. Yeah. And then pipe bursting, we would pull a brand new system through your existing while breaking out the old. Got it. That makes yeah. sense. And we're, we're going to get into a lot of detail on that because I really want to educate the people on here. Now, when you're when you guys are doing um, so, maybe start with what, uh, George, when you when you go out, like what kind of underground repairs are you doing? Is it? Is it just sewer and water lines or what else do you do? That's my style of work. So yeah, I just, my, my, I'm a lead for just uh, replacement here at Seatown. Okay. okay. Do you guys at Seatown, do you do other besides sewer and water? Is it just sewer and potable water then? What we do? Yeah, but we have a full department in plumbing and obviously electric HVAC and all that. But what Isaac and I do is strictly sewer and water. Got it. Okay, good. So, and these repairs, are they, uh, so Isaac, let's talk about this. So first of all, um, how does the customer know that they have an issue? I mean, I know there's drastic ones where it's backed up into the house, but what are some of the telltale signs that you might be having an issue with a, say a sewer line? So, yeah. So with the sewer line, um, usually what happens is one, of course, backing up into the house. Um, Your water is always going to back up in your house at the lowest point. So people with downstairs bathrooms, downstairs tubs, those are where you're going to see it the most common. Um, another thing that happens a lot is somebody will call one of our drain techs out because okay. uh, they have a clogged drain and they don't know why. Uh, and they'll go out there, do a clean, and then they might even do a sewer scope and realize, oh, no, you're having an issue further on down your line that we should take care of. Okay. So when, when you say backed up, say down in the downstairs toilet, are you talking about actual water running out of the toilet onto the floor? Yeah. So usually water, um, like I say, it's going to come out through the lowest point. So toilet or sink or tub that's downstairs could flood coming out on the floor. Um, sometimes it happens where if you have an outside clean out, which a lot of houses do nowadays, it could back up out of there. Okay. Um, so it's just, usually it's not noticed until water is actually backing up into a place where you can actually see it. Okay. So are you, so George, is there ever, a, like if they were to go out and uh, is there ever a spot maybe where the sewer line is where it it's it's wet or mushy on the ground or the grass? Um, not usually because okay. the sewer lines are they're you know they're dropping a quarter inch per foot, so it depends on where it's at. If it's okay. exposed, maybe, but usually with that, no, you don't see any kind of saturation or a low spot in the, in the water. It's more of the backup. How, how far are the sewer lines down? How far do they dig them down? It depends on which city you're in. We mostly work in Seattle, so a lot of the sewer lines are between eight and twenty feet deep, some okay. deeper. So it's it's quite a it's quite a ways down there. Then. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. And you guys, uh, just so just so we know, George, we're, now you said you mostly work in Seattle, but where do you where do you guys run to do uh, sewer line and water repairs? Everywhere, everywhere in pretty much Snohomish and King County. King okay. Do you go down to Pierce at all, or you just you do go down to Pierce here and there? Yes, but m- majority of our work is Seattle, King it's County. Seattle. Okay. So when you're when you're going out, George, do you what, now? A lot of these homes are older. So what is it? Is it clay sewer lines they've had that have broken, or what? What did, typically what do they have? 
uh, the homes here are built with concrete and then clay pipe, terracotta clay. Okay. Um, concrete is the worst pipe out of both of them. Um, because and, and why all- is that? Why, why is the concrete worse? So concrete, uh, the pipe is made of uh, mortar, sand, and aggregate rock when they make the mixture. So over time, water is constantly washing away the mortar and sand, and it's leaving all the aggregate rock and pretty much thinning itself out. Okay. So then that pipe, you know, concrete pipe's made to last about 50 to 60 years when it's put in. Okay. So when, like the time periods, clay versus concrete pipe, when did they start putting in these different types of lines? Um, I'd say in the early 19, like, oof, I don't even know. Yeah, probably so it was around 1900s, late? late yeah. 1900s? Okay. There's uh, a lot of homes that have been around for a while in the Seattle area. Oh, yeah. Well, we work in homes that are, you know, 100 years old. And yeah. still, and the sewer lines are barely making our, some of them look great, but it all depends on usage too. If you yeah. have a concrete sewer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I imagine too, uh, you probably get, uh, do you guys run into a lot of root issues where it, where it breaks the pipe? That's 90% of what is causing the damage to these because the joints slowly start to leak. And once yeah. the roots find their source of food and water, they chase it right into the pipe. And then that's when they start having issues. So you're, you're actually, when you go, go down to look with the camera, you guys now, so George, you use a, how do you know where the breakage do you use like a video camera? How do you do that? Yeah. So we use a system. It's rigid. It's a rigid okay. sewer scope. And at the end of the camera, there's a, a locating beacon on it. Okay. So when we send that down the line, we can go on, when we're up above, obviously we're not in the ground, but we can locate exactly and pinpoint where the camera is. Okay. And, and when and you say rigid, what do you, what do you mean by rigid? Just the brand we use. Oh, that's, okay. that's the most popular mm-hmm. brand in sewer okay. right now. Got it. And so you can actually see the roots in the line inside the line. Oh the yeah. Broken, if, broken if, areas. Yeah. If the line's not backed up and it's just, and you know, say we go cut clean a, a line that was backed up and yeah. we got the line to drain, there's still a lot of roots still in the line that need to be. removed. Wow. That's crazy. Well, it's a, it's interesting, and I'm sure now, like, for example, just before we get into the trenchless systems you talked about with uh, CIPP and, and pipe bursting, how many jobs do you guys do in a given week? Are you always, like, phones off the hook type thing? Oh, yeah. We're, 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 we're steady. So wow. We're doing, you know, five to ten sewer replacements a week. Holy smokes. That's quite a bit. How big is your team, George? We have... So we have three full crews that go out and dig. And then Isaac and I are the lead for the rehabilitation and pipe bursting. Okay. So we have four crews. So you have four crews and you and Isaac oversee them? Is, is no, 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 no. Oh. We're, we're just on, we're just on the different side of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we'll have a crew that goes and preps the holes and then we will come pipe burst or okay. uh, rehabilitate it with the liner. All right. So you guys run the equipment to do the pipe bursting or the CIPP is what you're yep, saying? Yep. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. Well, we come back. Um, We're going to continue our discussion. We're going to get into now the different methods. I'm going to talk about, uh, actually, this has been around since 1970 from a guy named Eric Wood. We're going to give a little history lesson of where this all started with with the CIPP. It's kind of interesting how that all started. And we're going to get into pipe bursting. We're going to get into some different boring methods, the equipment they use, and how they actually repair this. Make sure you check this out at mynorthwest.com forward slash home matters. And you can also check out Seatown Services at seatownservices.com or give them a call at 360 Seatown. With that, I'm Pete. 
This is All Matters, 97.3 FM, Cairo News Radio. We're back. This is P with All Matters, Cairo Radio, 97.3 FM, Cairo News Radio. We're having a good discussion here with Seat Town Services, George Lopez and Isaac Pierce. Um, you can check these guys out. At, uh, get your pad and paper. If you haven't done that, I'll give it to you another time uh, in the se- this segment or next. But you can check them out at seatownservices.com. If you have, um, you know, backups uh, in your house, if you've got any kind of uh, smells or you've got a clogged sink or something's going on, uh, especially if you live in one of the older homes in the Seattle market area, you probably want to have these guys out and at least check it out to see what there might be there. And if you need a service like this, trenchless rehab is a much better way than just digging up your entire yard or having to bust up driveways. We're going to get into their, their technology here now with that. Um, before we do though, uh, what I want to tell you guys is, so I was doing a little research on, uh, I know about trenchless rehabilitation, but I, um, I didn't know a lot about it. So I wanted to go check it out. Apparently this began in 1970, uh, the CIPP method by this Englishman by the name of Eric Wood. Um, I guess he was an agricultural engineer and he needed to repair an air duct above a mushroom bed. Did you guys, do you guys know about this story, George? No, I don't. I do not. Yeah, well, it, well, I had to look this up cause I was like, where the heck did this technology come from? So apparently as Eric Wood, he had this uh, mushroom bed and there were, it's, it was kind of like a circular thing and they're trying to figure out a way to fix the duct work. And he used a felt tube with impregnated with resin, and he pulled this thing 230 feet. And then he used a, like an air bladder to expand it, and then it hardened. And that was the first CIPP. I guess the, the, they got a patent, and the rest is history. So this has actually been around for quite a long time, this technology. Uh, I'm sure it's advanced. Of course, you got HDP, you know, all the materials we'll talk about. But, um, but with that in mind, uh, George... Can you talk to us about um, this cured in place pipe or what you guys call a CIP, CIPP and kind of what you what you do there? So we use the system we use is called blue light. So it's just a, it's just a cloth liner and then one part resin. We don't do a, a hot or cold cure, which is a two part mix. Okay. We do a blue light system. So what we do is we we measure out the exact length of the liner. And then we have a, we have a trailer, which is set up for all of our air compressors and stuff like that. So we measure the exact length, what we're going to shoot. And then we bring it into a trailer. And then we wet, we do a system, what you call wet out is pretty much running the the resin through the liner. Okay. Does that come through the machine? Is that how that works? Or how, how do you apply the resin to the liner? So what we do is once we have the, everything cut, we tape the ends of the liner and we have to use a vacuum to suck out all the air of the felt liner or fiberglass liner. And then we fill this up by hand. We use a cone for funnel and we dump the resin in like the first 10 feet. And then we have a wet out roller, which is just two wheels that squish the liner and push it all the way down to the end of the liner. Okay. And are the, so just so we can kind of paint a picture with words, the, the roller, so you fill up the first 10 feet with the resin. Is the, is the resin, so it's not like a two-part epoxy. It's just, oh, the blue. does the blue light cure it out? Is that what hardens it? Yeah, so it's a UV. So it's kind a of UV. like, okay. so we have to be in the trailer when we, when we wet it out if it's sunny because the sun can cure the resin. Ah, uh, okay, got it. 
And then how do you, so, uh, well, let's back up for a second. So typically now these guys want 230 feet. Typically, how long are you pulling this, this liner through? I mean, when you do repairs, what are the, is it, does it vary by footage just depending on the house or. Yeah, exactly. So every house is built different. You're either close to the street or you're not. So it, it's all length. Everything's by length. So, yeah. Are these all, so let's say the, the, the pipe is, is compromised somehow, whether it's clay or concrete and you're putting this liner in, is it just a one continuous length or, or do you have to bend around elbows or how, how do you deal with that with a liner like this? So we use, uh, we, if there's any turns or anything like that, we have different styles of lining. So okay. we, let's just say we use a, uh, for, if there's turns, we use a liner called flex because it's okay. really flexible and you can shoot and go around turns. Got it. So, yeah. If we're doing straight shots, we do a totally different liner. It's all the same setup, same way of curing. It's just different material of the liner. Okay. Are most of your, the most of the repairs you do, are they mostly straight shots or do you have to go on, on turns and things like that? It's 50, 50. Okay. Yeah, it just depends on the condition of the line. Because if a line's collapsed, we can't line it, and you okay. you have to dig up that spot. Okay, so you're gonna guys are gonna go down and repair. But you had mentioned um, we'll ask Isaac. So Isaac, you, uh, George had mentioned something about one of your crews come out and they're digging. I would imagine uh, a head end and a, uh, a finish end. Is that what they do? Do they dig down to the sewer line there? Yeah, so with the liner, we only have to dig one hole okay. um, because we're able to shoot the liner all the way to the main sewer. Oh, yeah, um, okay. Yeah, so we're able to, you're able to dig down to the spot, um, especially if there's a collapse in the line, that would be the spot we would dig down to. Okay. The collapse, and then we could shoot either either direction. So say your line collapsed right in the middle, but you want to re- rehabilitate the entire line. You could dig down to where the broken is, take it out, and then shoot a liner towards the sewer, and then shoot a liner towards the house, and then put in a repair fix right there. Okay, so basically, if there was, in the, say, in the middle, you had the collapsed pipe, you're digging down at that point, removing that collapsed area, and shooting the liner each, each way, each direction. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah. Okay, and then how are you doing the coupler between the, the two line pieces? What do you do there? Uh, so yeah, so depending on how big it is, usually it's a PVC repair. Uh, so you just have a piece of schedule 35 PVC that we put in there with a couple what are uh, fern cos or strong backs. It's kind of a rubber with a metal around it that we then cinch down and it holds that whole piece together, making one continuous uh, pipe. Okay. Got it. And so, okay. So going back then, if you're, you're bringing this through, so how does the, when I'm trying to get a visual picture on. Uh, George's way. So you have this place where you've dug down where the, the pipe is ruptured, broken, collapsed, whatever. Yeah. You're running that liner down to one end. How, how do you get it all the way down to the end of the pipe uh, without pulling it? So what we do is uh, we, we roll the liner in a drum. Okay. That's, then once everything's in the drum, we pressurize it. So, so at the end of our drum, there's a nozzle is what we call it. We, okay. we fold the liner over the, over the nozzle. So it's inverted and we, and we cinch it down with hose clamps. And then when you turn on the pressure, the pressure is going to push and invert it by itself just due to pressure. Cause it's hitting that, that cuff, the fold. Okay. It, it's hitting the backside on that, on the nozzle. So it's pushing itself through. So it does this. Okay. So this nozzle is right behind the fold. And it's actually pushing that liner into the into the pipe, correct? And inverting it pretty much, yeah. 
Okay, and does it does the nozzle just keep running down the length of the pipe and keep pushing the liner down there? Nope, the liner is going to push itself with the air. Oh, it will. Okay. Yep. So the nozzle stays at the head end of where you're you're pushing the liner, and the liner gets pushed down whatever number of feet. Exactly. And then once it's all the way in, you won't have that cuff anymore, and it'll just be a straight piece of, of liner off the nozzle. Okay. And how far can you go with a, with a pressure like that? How many feet can you run? Um, I mean, you could shoot liners 100, 200 feet. We, okay. our, our base is mo- mainly everything's under 100 feet because we're okay. repairing something. Okay. So basically residential, you're not going to run more than 100, 150 feet then. Yeah, yeah, rarely. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So then, okay. So now that you push that thing down there and you've got the resin on this, when does the, the UV light come in to cure it out, to harden it? So once we shoot, once we shoot the liner, we do the same, the same exact setup, except now we're using what we call a calibration tube, which okay. is pretty much just a piece of rubber, pla- like a plastic material, and you can blow it up. It's pretty much just a bladder. So when you invert that on the inside of your liner and you, you, know, you blow it up with air, it's forming to the inside of the existing sewer, and that's what makes the, the form. Okay. So that's where it cures it in place inside there. Um, and that bladder then is really pushing it to the outside or the inside diameter of that, that existing pipe. Exactly. And so we, we, when we shoot a liner, say we're shooting 50 feet, we, we cal- we cut the calibration tube at 52 feet and we okay. shoot the bladder past it. So we know it's all blown up at one time. Got it. Interesting. All right. We come back. Um, George and Isaac, thank you very much. That was a great explanation. Check these guys out at seatownservices.com. We come back. We're going to talk about, I got a couple more questions on the CIPP method, and we're going to get into pipe bursting and some of the, the boring methods there. Uh, and I'm also going to, guys, just for education, we're going to talk about slip lining and thermoform pipe, uh, just so you guys understand what is out there in the industry. And then we'll go back and ask George and Isaac why they prefer pipe bursting and CIPP over the other types of uh, pipe repairs. Our radio 97.3 FM, Cairo News Radio. All right, we're back. This is Pete with Ohm Matters, Cairo Radio 97.3 FM, Cairo News Radio. That's our new handle. I love that. Cairo News Radio. That used, used to be the handle, I think, way back when, Cairo News Radio. Now we're back to Cairo News Radio, which is, uh, which is a good thing. But, you know, whichever it is, um, it's always good to have discussions with pros uh, from Seatown Services and everybody else that sponsors this show. But I, I really enjoy uh, learning about new things. And I'll tell you what, guys, uh, you guys are listening out there. Uh, when you have a problem with your sewer or water line, uh, you need to have professionals come fix it. I In my property, I got a five-acre property. And I've got a water line leak, and I'm trying to figure out where the heck that thing is. And my my, my city line, George and Isaac, it's a 1,200 foot run. Oh, oh so, wow. yeah. I've tried to figure out where the heck. It's not a bad leak; it's a little one. But we keep getting a notification from the the water district saying, you know, that it's running. And I can see on the water meter it's just slowly moving. So I had a company come out and take a look. But I, there, you know, this is a topical thing for even for me because it's like, well, now something collapsed. I got to get it repaired. But I got to first locate where the heck that is. So I'm, I'm going to call a company like yours and get them out and have them fix it. So which is good. I would have you guys do it, except for I don't live in the Seattle market area. <laughs> you guys would be perfect for that. Um, okay, let's get back to I have um I have one other question. 
And um, Isaac, let me ask you this one. So on the, the cured in place piping, the CIPP, uh, for that one, what, before we get into pipe bursting, what what's the major pro or the major advantage of using CIPP? Well, one of the, so the two things that I looked at is that one, it makes it one continuous pipe again. Um, okay. You're not going to have uh, cracks or breaks or any sort of seams in there. You have one continuous liner pipe. And then with the blue light system, I enjoy it because it cures instantly. Okay. Um, there's a couple of different styles of, of lining. Uh, there's hot set and cold set, and those can take anywhere from what, six to 12 hours. Uh, three to two to four hours. And then there's an ambient set, which is six to eight hours. Okay. Six, okay. So and, yours, yours cures a lot uh, almost immediately then. Yeah. So ours with the blue light system, the light cures the resin as yeah. soon as it passes by. So okay. you don't have to worry about um, having machines running for hours on end or keeping up neighbors all night. Cause yeah. it's, it's done. We're good. We can get out of there. Do you, do you guys typically get a job done in one day? Is that how it works? Uh, we, well, this is George, but we prep yeah. one day and then you prep one day and then do it the next. Yep, exactly. Okay. Well, that makes sense. That's not too bad. It's not too much to start. But George, I have to ask you this question because I'm sure it's a lot of, for a lot of people's minds is, okay, so I, let's say I've got a hundred foot run. I know where you guys identified where the, the breakage is, but like you said, what if there's roots that are running through other parts of the pipe there and we're using CIPP? How do you deal with that? So if you have root intrusions coming through the joints, we, that's when the hydro jetting would come into place and we can run a camera and a jetter with a special nozzle and we can cut each root out. Okay. Um, and then we can, you know, cause we want the line clean of any debris, no rocks, no Got roots, because the liner is going to take the form of the pipe. So right. rocks and roots, you're going to see a lump in your liner. Okay. So you, basically what you're saying, George, is as part of the pre-prep, you do the camera, you figure out all the stuff. And then if you need to have the hydrojetter to cut the roots out and any debris, you do that. Yeah, exactly. Got it. And do you guys do the hydrojetting too as well? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. That's great. We do it all. Look, I mean, as long as we're on the topic of hydrojetting, what, like, what kind of system do you use for hydrojetting? We run a jetter called the mongoose. Okay. Is we're running 18 gallons per minute down the line. Okay. So, it's the best jetter in the game. And what's the, I mean, as far as a hydro jet, I know some of these things that cut your fingers off. What, what kind of a pressure are you running? On we, that we typically run between three and 4,000. Okay. I think it's 3,200 to cut roots. Okay. So 3,200 and that'll cut yeah. them off. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. What's a, just George, how many years have you been doing this, George? Uh, I'm going on my 17th year. Wow. So long time. So over the 17 years, what's the biggest root you found in a pipe? As Actually, far as we, we just Isaac and I worked on a job yesterday where the house hadn't been used for three years, um, and the entire first twenty feet was just solid, full of roots. Wow! 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 wow. Yeah, <laughs> that is like a, that one, yeah, that's a bad. If they problem. find their source, they're going to grow. Yeah, exactly. Well, like you said, if there's water there, they're going to go towards the water. That's exactly. What, that's what trees and plants do. So, very cool. All right. Um, now I want to go into pipe bursting because that's the other application you guys uh, do quite a bit of. Just a quick history on this one, guys. Uh, I looked this up. Apparently, this was uh, developed around 1977 when I was in high school in the UK again. And um, this one is was developed by a guy named DJ Ryan. Um, and he had used it to replace, I guess they had a lot of uh, defective cast iron piping, especially in London. And they had to figure out a, a creative way and a, and a 
non-disruptive way. So he had developed this method for for what uh, George and Isaac are going to talk about called pipe bursting. It didn't get over to the United States, apparently, until the mid-1980s. Um, so with that history lesson, uh, George, what what is pipe bursting so that they can the listeners can understand the difference between that and CIPP? So pipe bursting, we're using a material called HDPE, which is high-density polyethylene. Mm-hmm. It's a flexible material. So um, say we're doing a 40-foot repair of the sewer only 40 feet damage. So we would dig a hole coming right at the beginning of the section and at the end of the section. And then we would set up our system with, which is a pulley, a hydraulic, um, and then a wheel and a plate. And then what we would do is we connect this cone. It's pretty much like a, a cone that has two shark fins on it. It just looks, and then we can call it thing that runs into the pipe is what you're saying. Exactly. So we run a, a one inch steel cable or three quarter inch steel cable down the line. And then we hook it up to this, the pipe bursting, the HDPE. And then on the other end is our pulley. So we're pulling and bursting out the existing system that's compromised while pulling in the new HDPE at the same time. Okay. So you're getting everything cleaned out with a pre-prep prep if needed with the hydrojetting. And then let, let, let me, before we get into, I, I want to get into, say, understand, because you sent me that video. It's very cool. and explains it. Do you guys have that video on your, your website, by the way? I don't know. No, not at the moment. We don't. Okay. Well, guys, if you, uh, t- I'll tell you what, for listening, if you want to understand kind of, and we're going to kind of paint a picture with words so you can visually imagine this in your head. But if you want to go to YouTube and look up pipe bursting, um, there's actually a good video or videos up there. I did look that show you when he talks about the pulley system, how pulse three, you can actually see how this thing works. And it's pretty ingenious actually. But before we get into that process, George and Isaac, I want to ask, um, so, George, why now HDP is a high density polyethylene? What, why use that over other types of plastic? That's just what we use for pipe bursting. That's the material that, that is made for any like hammerhead, like a, is a brand. They use okay. HDPE to pull it. We use a system called Trick Tools, which is also used. You can use the same material. So it's just, it's just flexible. So, in case we're in a deep hole, the pipe yeah. will flex enough for us to get it into the hole. Yeah, so you can, it does allow for bending radiuses and things like that, right? Yep, up to 90 degrees. Okay, wow, that's great. Yeah, yeah. the other things too, guys, just um, so back in the day, I was a plastics engineer for plastics engineer for Fluke Electronics. HDPE is uh, like George was saying, in addition, it's very strong, it's very lightweight. So it's about eighth of the density of steel. So it can be moved around fairly easily, it's non toxic. And it's very chemical resistant too. So do you guys, uh, George, when you're doing water lines, potable lines, do you use HDPE as well? Um, it just depends on our city okay. because most of our stuff is ran in uh, Upanor or Wurzbo Pex okay. uh, or copper. Um, right. But some cities require like a higher PSI. So um, like a 200 PSI is only in poly, black HDPE, black poly. Okay. So Got it. They don't. Yeah, make- well, Pex is a polyethylene too, isn't it? As I understand it, yeah, it's just a, and then it's, it's just black poly is just rated for higher PSI. Yeah. So depending on what city you're in, it's all different. Okay, so then you just you know the jurisdiction, but it's no different than like PVC, whether it's Schedule Forty, Schedule Eighty, just depends on the the wall. Yeah, it just, and it just depends on the pressure of the pipe. Yeah, got it. Okay, well that makes sense. Now let's go into let's spend a little more time. So you guys basically, this is where 
there's the section that you want to burst and replace with HDPE, you have to dig a hole on either side. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. And then as far as that goes, so um, Isaac, can you take, take us through, like I saw in the video on the one end where you're, you're having the cable, it looks like there's like this U box and you're bringing the cable up and there's like these, uh, they look like pinchers that are grabbing onto the cable and they're pulling up the cable like a, a, a so many, uh, whatever, so much distance at a time. Yeah. Can you explain how that works? Yeah. So on the side that we pull from, you put a plate down uh, to put resistance against the dirt. And then there's a wheel attached to that. On top of that is um, it's a hydraulic system with two pistons. Okay. That's where you hook your cable into what it does. Uh, it has those little teeth that grab onto it, it and it pulls it up a foot at a time. It's a foot. Okay. Yeah. So it, there, and I saw there was like two of these clamps that had teeth. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you have one at the, the bottom that's holding it and keeping it in and then one up higher that's actually pulling that cable. And then you have to hold the cable, release the cramps. It goes back down, grabs the next section, pulls up, release down, grab, pull up. So that, okay. Just so we, we paint the picture. So you have the two clamps, the one at the bottom holds the cable from going back backwards in the pipe. Right. So the, the top one, it would have to grab the cable and then the bottom clamp releases and then it pulls it up through the hydraulics. Yes. Yep. Like, yep. right? And yeah. then the bottom will clamp again to hold it in place. And the top one the will release, release and so the piston back goes back up so that it can pull again. Is that yep. kind of how it works? Yep. That's exactly how it works. Okay. So you're doing it a foot at a time then? Yeah. Cause it can only pull us. I mean, so far with that piston. Yeah. Yeah. Now going back on the other end, George now, so George, you were saying that you have this conical head that basically is breaking up the pipe, correct? Yes. Okay. All right. When we come back, what I'm going to do is I want to make sure that everyone understands how that works and it, and it pulls the pipe through on the, uh, the pipe bursting methods. You want to give these guys a call at 360-SEATOWN. That's 732-8696 or go to seatownservices.com. I think they have a place there where you can uh, message somebody and get an appointment scheduled. With that, I'm Pete. This is All Matters Car Radio 97.3 FM Cairo News Radio. Thing. All right, we're back. This is Pete with All Matters Car Radio 97.3 FM in the great state of Seattle. We're having a good discussion here uh, with George Lopez, Isaac Pierce of Seatown Services. These guys, just so you know, guys, I mentioned in the first, if you have electrical, HVAC, furnace, heat pump, uh, you want to do trenchless rehabilitation, these guys, they do it all. I mean, you can check them out at seatownservices.com. They have all the services there. Uh, they've been around a while. They're, you know, as I always said on my show, I have best of breed companies that come on. These guys know what they're doing. Uh, they do good work. A lot of great uh, reviews if you want to check them out on Google. Um, but they you know, I, I wouldn't have a company on that doesn't know what they're doing. And uh, if you guys go back, listen to this show with, with George and Isaac, you're going to see these guys really understand when it comes to trenchless rehabilitation for your, your pipes that have failed, sewer water pipes, they will get it fixed for you and they'll get the job done right. And it will last a long, long time. So you can go to seatdownservices.com or give them a call at 360-SEATOWN, which is 732 732- Eight six nine six. After we get done talking with uh, Isaac and uh, George, 
I've got Cody Martin. Martin, he's back on the show too. He's going. We're going to talk a little bit about AC um, as well because uh, we're getting into the warmer months here coming up, and uh, you're going to want to have your AC service. So we'll we'll touch base with Cody here before we end the show uh, on that. Okay, going back to uh, pipe bursting, um, George. I wanted to ask you. So Isaac, we were talking to Isaac about the other side, the the pull side, uh, which is the cable and the clamps and the hydraulics. The to pull the cable through. I wanted to ask you, so you were talking a little bit on the, on the, the push side, you have the, this, is it a, a conical steel um, device and does the HDPE somehow hook into that or how, how does that work? So the cone has a shaft on the inside. Okay. That you would insert depending on what pipes on what pipe size you're working with. So okay. four inch, we would use our four inch head. And so, so the, they have they have different shafts you can screw on for the different diameters. Oh, just just different heads. Just different heads. Okay. Yeah. So you slide the cone on, and the shaft slides on the inside of the HDPE. Okay. And then you tighten it, and what that does, it it, it opens three jaws that are reverse tooth, so okay. you can't slide it out unless you would unloosen the head. So, once so you you're saying that the, head, the jaws clamp onto the HDPE, so it doesn't pull away to the inside saying. of it. Yep. Inside of it. Okay. Got it. So basically, once you get that uh, shaft inside on the inside diameter of the HDPE, then that pops the claws. You have to tighten it down. You have to tighten it down. Okay, so you tighten it, and that that expands the claws out on to to grab onto the pipe. Exactly. Yep. Okay, and then uh, this conical head is it just a steel head, and then it goes through and uh, breaks up the the pipe. So with the with that steel because we have to run the steel cable through the line, okay. and then once once that's through the line and hooked up to the pulley and the power pack, we hook up the other end of the of the cable to the head of the unit, okay. which is attached by a pin with a just one pin. And then once we pull it through, we cut the pin off, pull the head off, and then the pipe is bursted and pulled through. Awesome. And then so basically the the pipe that's burst, all that material, it just stays in the ground, right? You don't need to do anything with it. Is that correct? Yep, exactly. It helps okay. bed the pipe too for any okay. settlement issues. And then what if you have so what's the situation? Then how do you hook it up to the existing sewer line? Or are you running two HDP HDPE on either end? And then how do you do the seam? Uh depends on what uh so we would run PVC from the repair and then whatever is downstream or upstream, say if it's terracotta clay or petrified clay or concrete, we would use a special uh, what we call a strong back fernco to okay. connect to the existing. And is that Fernco, is that more of like a rubberized? With yeah, it's just a really thick rubber with okay. clamps on it. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. Okay, that's cool. Um, and then you guys basically, because I know it's all over the map, so you basically have to come out and just kind of look at the job, and that gives the 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 client the idea of kind of what it's going to cost. Yeah, exactly. You know, because it's all it's all based off the depths, the lengths, and then where, and you know, if it's accessible, stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's it's kind of a custom job every single one you do, which must that makes it kind of fun for you guys, I would imagine. Yeah, no yeah. job's the same. Everything's yeah. different. Yeah, that's very very cool. That's awesome. Well, that's good stuff, uh, guys. I appreciate the the uh, and the one last thing I wanted to ask you uh, is: there ever a case, George, where you're using CIPP and pipe bursting together, kind of as a hybrid? And what application would that be? So say your sewer, because uh, here in Seattle, sometimes the kitchen sink lines run outside differently from the sewer and they'll connect to the sewer line, say okay. 50 feet away somewhere in the yard. So um, we would dig up that transition, that Y where they connect together 
Okay. And then we would dig holes up by the kitchen or say where the sewer line is. And we would pipe burst those sections. Okay. And then from that Y, we would shoot a liner so there would be no more excavating. Okay. And then how do you, so if it's CIPP and it's pipe bursting, how do you attach the liner to like the HDPE? Why do you do so, that? So the liner is going to go on the inside of what we're working with, if it's clay or concrete. So we would use one of those strong back firm coasts to connect to the existing. Okay. So you're always using that same coupler then. Yep, exactly. The Got it. Okay. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, cool. Is there ever a situation where you guys have to call in someone else based on how it's running under a driveway or, or out in the street? Nope. We do everything in house. You do everything in house. Okay. If we do dig cool. up the street, we'll do it. Wow. Good for you. <laughs> well, yeah. That makes it easy for the, for the client. All they do is got to call you up and you take care of it. Yeah. And, and, and the thing too, with, with cure in place lining, if there's like major offsets in the line, yeah. the pipes of, you can't, you can't line it. You'd have to, that would be a method where you'd say, if we can get our steel cable through it for pipe bursting, we're going to pipe burst it. Okay. The liner is going to take the form of the pipe. So if it's offset or, you know, broken can't too much it, to line, it's, it's just not going to work. Got to burst it. Okay. Yep. Makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. Well, George, uh, thank you. I'm going to talk to Cody here in a sec. We'll, we'll say goodbye to everybody. But Cody, you on? Yes, sir. All right. Cody, um, you've been on the show before. You work over in the HVAC side. Is that correct? That is correct. Awesome. So, Cody, I want to ask you, because I know we're getting, you know, we're in March now, and summer's right around the corner, and it's going to get warm in the Seattle market area, as it always does in the summertime. So, you guys... Um, Tell us about some of the AC air conditioning services that you guys do. Yeah, so we do everything, uh, heating, air conditioning in general, but the uh, AC needs to be maintenanced once a year, typically. So a lot of times it's not just the outdoor AC unit, but the indoor unit carries the filter that goes right. through the system. And that's what people um, kind of always tend to forget about. They never change out. <laughs> just like no. the heating filter. It's like, hey, oh, my system has one of those? Yeah, yeah exactly. So uh, that's that's one of the most important things. But beyond that, it's going to be checking the refrigeration uh, levels in your system, making sure that the uh, what we call a delta T, so the air temperature coming out of the supply and uh, the air temperature going into the return have a separation of temperature of about 20 degrees, which okay. is pretty much premium. Um, and then making sure that the outdoor unit is... Um, the coil is very clean. You need that airflow to go through that coil pretty easily. You find uh, a lot of dirty coils. Oh, tons. I yeah, mean, you can't, you can't tell physically, right? I mean, you can look no. at it and go like, yeah, the thing doesn't look that dirty. And then you hit it with a, yeah, you start a, cleaning it. You find yeah. out it's different. Yeah. Yeah. We have like a high pressure uh, jetter, much different from what the underground crew has, but we have a high pressure jetter, um, almost like a, almost like a, uh, what do you call it? A uh, pressure washer. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So Cody, you, you're measuring the temperature Delta, the 20 degree between uh, that's basically off the coil, right? So it's cooling it down through the AC unit. What, what kind of tool do you measure the, the air temperature flow with? So with the air temperature, we actually are just measuring the, uh, what, what I meant by that was the air, air temperature. So we just oh, measure that right coming out of your ductwork. Okay. Uh, now there are there are temperature clamps that we can hook to the refrigeration system on the copper piping to tell us that those temperatures are also what we were looking to see, um, but those are going to be much different temperature splits um, in the refrigeration system itself. If you if you're not in that proper delta, does that mean you have a leak in your coils typically? 
Uh, it could. It just really depends. It could mean that it was never charged um, correctly from the factory or from the first initial installation. Um, there's people that have had AC units for 10, 12 years that have never worked optimal, but you would never know because it's just kind of worked like that when it was put in, right? So that's crazy. Uh, I've seen I've seen systems installed many, many times um, that are installed perfectly and they're not set up correctly with the thermostat. And that makes all the difference in the world. All right, guys, uh, seat down partner plan. You can get that as well as get your uh, trenchless rehabilitation. If you've got a sewer water line problem, give these guys a call. 360-Z-Town, 732-8696. Or just go to seatownservices.com. You can check out their seat down partner plan there. And also they have their phone number or you can book an appointment right there online. With that, I'm Pete. This is Home Matters, Car Radio 97.3 FM. Cairo News Radio.